Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your peep, just me, just one peep, Irene. Um, it is with a very heavy heart that uh, I'm recording this alone today. Our lovely friend Katrina and bestie, an amazing human being, um, lost her father last week, and uh, she's hanging with the fam and spending some time. So I am solo and whenever she feels up to being back on the mic, we open open with o- open arms or whatever that phrase is. I mean, I can't even put two words together. I'm so much better on the microphone when Katrina's here. Guys, can we just take a moment to appreciate that? So we, uh, we have an episode. We do. We recorded an episode. We recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago with a, a friend, a mutual friend and awesome human being. Her name is Emily Bogey and Emily is a powerhouse. She is absolutely brilliant and she is just lovely. She's a lovely human on the inside and out. So I am uh, not going to do the whole banter thing back and forth because, you know, it's just me here. So here is the episode with um, Emily Bogey, and we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. What is up, friend? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you today? <laughs> Roll reversal. I'm good. I'm uh we I should am, do that. We should do a role reversal one day. I'm I'm, I'm living my best best ish life. You are? Yeah. You have a glass of wine, so you have to be living your best ish. Oh my life gosh, I'm still bit. at the office and I have a glass of wine. Don't tell you little sneaky oh bird. Don't tell my boss I'm gonna get fired. Oh my god. <laughs> I love um, that for you. Thank you. How are you? You're wearing a I'm... chapeau that says California Republic and there's a bear on it. Do they have bears in California? They do have bears in. I think I don't. I don't rightly know. I've never encountered a bear in California. That hat is fake news. This, fake well, news no, is bad I, hat. There are there are bears in. Uh, that's that's also a gay term. So there probably are bears in California. What's a gay term? A bear. There are bears in California. <clears throat> a bear is like a a big burly man, gay man. Oh, that's a bear. Oh, are there are there no big burly non-gay men that are bears? Yes. No, they, they, those would be called otters. <laughs> I can't. I can't right now. Okay. We have a guest who's looking at us cross-eyed right now. She's, She's like, why are you like, talking about wild animals? WTF that I sign up for. Um, Emily Bogey is here with Bogey us. Bogey in the house. The Hello, my friend. Hello. Emily oh, is yay. amazing. Well, thank you, you friend. Been, you, you've been on many, many a podcast um, I've been around the podcasting you've horn. Been around the podcast. <laughs> been, been around the, the horn. Yeah. You've been around the podcasting world. You've been around the speaking circuit world. You've been around the educational world. You've been around the 
creating of really cool things for other companies world and, and around the world and i i love it um so oh, we want to we want to we want to travel around the world with you which is why we yes. have you you asked us about like what your what our topic is and we don't really ever have a topic we kind of just like well and my thing is i am a planner you know this about me and i've asked you oh yeah what, what is you the topic <laughs> i keep asking you continuously what is the topic and you keep telling me the same answer but i don't want to accept that for some reason um but yeah i um, <laughs> but you should know this about me though i know like you, i just you know struggle me in real life I, I don't know what to do i don't know what to do with my hands like i don't know what <laughs> like where where to go with like not having a topic well, so then i we'll just feel you. like we have is- a topic it's so good we're get- and i feel like since i've be- joined irene arena on the podcast that she's gotten even more lax about it because irene used to be like Are a you little calling bit me more loose? like regimented i'm calling you laissez-faire you calling me loose we're not pointing that. fingers but you're drinking at work <laughs> yeah. raise your hand if you're I drinking we in the office friends. i'm not uh oh, so <laughs> oh man all right so much well, love Emily. for you, irene irene I love you too. I really do. I love both of you. I love both of you equally as, and respect you both as clinicians and what you've both been able to do for a profession. Emily, you a little bit more because you're more on the educational side. Katrina just likes to like throw wine and stuff. No, (laughs) Katrina is amazing. I wish I could bottle Katrina and sell her for money. He is. Like not in a bad way, but like in a good way. She like, calls a little bit of glitter in it. Like her spirit, her essence, the essence of Katrina. Like, we want to we want to know more about like you and the kind of the premise of what we've done with our podcast is we interview people doing cool things in dentistry and um we want to know like where it started like the started from the bottom now we're here kind of situation and um perhaps so you want to know the whole story yeah like we want to go back to like when you were in diapers baby like that's how far back we go back we're getting rashes or not no rashes well i don't even know if i had diapers i'm number nine of 11 kids so i think that they might have been out of diapers by that time number nine of 11 kids yeah Yeah, what was that like did you guys like eat in shifts did like no, we just had, we had how many bathrooms did you had. have like i'm dying one. tell me all the things one bathroom one, bathroom. one yeah. shower one one okay start that's why i don't have personal need- space so like when i'm when i'm with well, when i'm with students chair side um and i'm looking at something or we're doing a process or we're doing like a technique eval or something and i will be like okay just to remind you mrs bogey doesn't have personal space so if you, if I get too close to you, you have to tell me because I seriously have personal space issues. I really? love that about you though. If I, you, okay. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, you need to know that Emily Bogie is famous for many things. First of all, she has a fabulous tractor, which by the way, I'm like dying to drive <laughs> at some point. Like I'm going to go up there. She thinks my tractor sex and I'm just like right around your tractor. Dude, we'll um, make some Instagram videos for you. And we'll, and be we'll great. put it all up on Insta. Um, you are an amazing educator. You are extremely talented at speaking. You're a connector. You're a mentor. Okay. You are a lifelong learner. You're doing all the things. You also <clears throat> give the world's best 
hugs. Yes. True. And one of the things that I miss the most, and I I will say this, like, you know, you always seem like when COVID is like done, like what is like, what are the top five things I'm going to do? I'm going to find Emily Bogey, wherever you are (laughs) in this world. And I'm going to get the best squeeze from you. And I can't wait for it. Oh yeah. I'm going to cuddle you so hard. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) I think, I think all of, I, I love like the memories that come. I know we're like totally fast forwarding to now, but all of the memories that come up on my Facebook of like the events that we've missed this year, yeah, all of the events that we've gone to, I have a photo of you and I hugging. Like we've got this like photo of us hugging in front of the RDH under one roof banner. I don't even remember that, but I'm like, was wearing flats and you were wearing boots with a little heel. So you were like towering over top of me and it was just like arms. I'm 5'13". Arms. Yeah, the way. just <laughs> arms all over <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a bear, a but not a Californian bear. I'm not a Californian bear. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of Bogey holding me like a little baby. I've oh, been I'm so infant cuddling. Yeah, it's beautiful. You're just Aww. infant holding me like a little tiny baby. Okay. And we both so, are wearing houndstooth. It's very, it's yes, very like. so cute. Good for us. So, so tell, tell us about what that was like. And so did you grow up in Iowa? Absolutely. I actually live about 10 minutes from where I was born and raised. And so um, my, my mother actually sold the farm to my, my baby brother a few years ago. And so my family still owns the farm, but my mom moved to town. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm Iowa born and raised and still here. That's like and always you, been my jam. Like companies will say, oh, we'd hire bogey, but she won't leave Iowa. <laughs> Which, I mean, really? like the whole last year of COVID, like you don't have to live in a state to work right. in a state. Criminy, you can right. do whatever you want from your Criminy, computer. Criminy, she says. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you were nine of 11, is that what you just said? Yeah. Nine so of like, 11. What kind what of was farming that like? did you do? Yeah. Like, I, no, my turn. My, so like, did you like, did you have animals? Are we plant farmers? Where, so where are I we? I grew up on a hog farm and my, oh. my um, dad had a job. He worked, well, he was a policeman and then he left that. And then he worked at a sawmill and he was in logging. And so my mom, um, once my youngest brother went to school, she got a job at the little tiny Catholic school working in the resource room. She like helped people with special needs. And um, so my mom still actually does that. She's 78, still working full time. Um, but yeah, my, my folks had a little farm and then, um, my dad became a produce farmer. So he did like organic produce before organic produce was cool. And then my mom baked for, for farmer's market and she still does that. She still sells, you know, lots and lots and lots of pies and cookies and all that kind of stuff at the market, but she she doesn't have produce anymore. But, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I grew up. Um, we still meet every Sunday night, still have Sunday night suppers every Sunday night. So you grow up, like, at what point do you decide, okay, tell us about Emily, yeah, Emily Reinhardt, yeah. Reinhardt. Is that, is that, that's your maiden name, Rein, Reinhardt? Okay. Tell, tell us about, like, what, what did you do in high school? Did you have, like, were you in, like, glee club? Oh, were you, like, oh my God, we should do the thing, Katrina, we should do Like, what did you do? The prediction. Yes. Where we okay. guess. Okay. Okay. Where I'm down. First? I'm yes. down. Okay. Can we guess? Can we guess? You want to go okay. first? Okay. You can go first. Uh, I'm going to like second. Okay. Let's do the tit for tat. Okay. So I envision Emily to be um, like 
on some form of team, but like the captain of a team, like maybe like flag football or soccer or like mm. uh, ringette or no athletic, not a, Wait, not a one. You can't, you can't, okay. you can't. You have oh, to, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, then you I'll have be to quiet. debunk the myth. So that's what I think. So I feel like she was like, we're going to, we're going to blow the game. Sort of, she was like the captain. She was like strategizing and like bringing in all of the new plays to like, beat the shit out of the of the other school that had all of the other farmers that like their cows were not as cool as like your cows were that's what i think what do you what, how do yeah. you foresee the rest of it to this go down is what yeah. i think i think she was in the marching band i think she was either a trombone player or the sousaphone player or she was the um god what's the name of the um the main person not the, the conductor um the drum major conductor? the conductor but there's drum major no, that's not drum major or she was oh, drum i'm sorry I can't, I, can't, I can't tell you okay go on go on go on, okay, go on. lastly la i'll finish it off so lastly i feel like you wore a lot of like like bell-bottom jeans with like tucked in white sweatshirts and stuff like super cute and then always had your hair down and kind of like floofy curly out to the sides with like blue eyeshadow and red lipstick and sat in the front row of every class okay so you're you're partially right <gasps> which one who me tell me it was me i want to win okay so i did play the trombone baritone and tuba <gasps> I was in the. I knew it. I'm so good at that. I told you that's my skill. I can predict what instrument people played in high school. I um I was in the band eight years. Um, but you know I I did enjoy the band. Um, I was not the drum majorette. I was I wasn't talented enough for that. I couldn't walk backwards. I mean, I'm I know I'm not talented. No athletic at either. all. Yeah. And so okay, look, what else did you say? I um I was in a lot of clubs. Um, I did like uh. The lighting for the musicals i did um science club and art club and um you know and i have to go back to seventh grade because this is something i usually don't talk about a lot but i'm going to talk about it um you when have, i was in the seventh grade my my best friend and i invented a fly vacuum a what a oh fly my gosh. vacuum wait wait wait, wait. a like fly vacuum so like and so what it did was it had a motion sensor on it and i hooked a motion sensor up to a vacuum cleaner fan and so the fly would fly by the motion sensor and the vacuum cleaner fan would shut on and suck it up. And it would suck <laughs> it up to an old pair of pantyhose. So you'd get like all the dead flies in the pair of pantyhose. And eventually you could just take off the pantyhose, time it and not throw away, put a new one on. And it was a fly vacuum. And so I got a full, a full ride scholarship to the University of Iowa um, in seventh grade. Stop. In seventh grade? Yeah. And so I didn't have to try. I, I, did, I did try hard in school, but. I actually did a lot of partying and socialization in high school. Um, so you wore I, blue eyeshadow. You did. I did. Blue but I was, uh, I was kind of like the chubby, awkward girl. I mean, I didn't really feel comfortable in my skin in high school. I kind of, you know, everybody goes through that weird time. But I was one of those people in high school that I, I talked to everybody. I went out with everybody. If there's a party, I talked to. You know, I, I didn't have like a group I belonged to. I just kind of free flowed. You know, like everybody was my friend, everybody, you know, and, and uh, I went to a really good school, like a really good school. I went to a Catholic high school. Um, it's actually where my boys go to school right now. And so um, it's, it's cool because all my brothers and sisters went there. All my nieces and nephews go there. Um, and I, you, I can't remember what you, what, what did you say at the end? You were like, you the bell the bottoms. Um, no, you were with the white shirts tucked in. I had a I had a yellow car with pink racing stripes <laughs> that I painted when I turned sixteen. I had 
but do you have a picture of said ride. car? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. hang on. I actually have one in my office to remind me that I'm cool. Oh hang my goodness. Stop it. She wait, she keeps she's it in growing. her office she's to growing. remind her that she's cool. Did yeah. everybody pick up on that? Because I, I want to hear that. Sure. No. Yeah, so yeah. here's the front of it. I understand that. Oh my goodness. What kind of car is that? It's a little Chevette. It's an 82 Chevette. Oh, there's a, there isn't just one. There, there are two is. photos. Let's 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 fast forward because now we know how you got into college because you invented some contraption that was br quite brilliant in the seventh grade. Like, so where where did your love for teeth related things begin? So I um, okay, so I went to the University of Iowa on a full scholar full scholarship. Didn't really look at any other colleges. Um, got into the marching band there and I was supposed to start uh, and the marching band and that's a big deal to like audition and get in for the university especially to play a sousaphone I was one of the few female tuba players a um, couple weeks before school started I found out I had a cyst growing in my number 32 socket and it was oh. growing it was like a pro I don't remember if it was a primordial cyst what kind of cyst it was whatever and so it was very painful and so I had to go in and have oral surgery in August oh. before right before I moved down to college and they said oh by the way you can't play an instrument at all for eight weeks until you heal so like so you did you went in you had oral surgery you had the tooth extracted well i had, had the, the cyst, I had cyst extracted the move you okay. know cleaned out and they told me i couldn't play anymore and so i had to drop out of the band but i was in pharmacy school so i went to pharmacy school for a while and i decided i didn't like it there i didn't like pharmacy school and so i went to the student services center and i took a career inventory survey and everything pointed toward dentistry or dental hygiene. And I kept huh. thinking like, I don't want to own my own business. I don't want all that. You know, I'll, I just want to work for somebody. So um, I went, uh, decided to go to dental hygiene school. So then I, I switched colleges, um, went up to Waterloo. I took dental assisting because I had to wait on the waiting list. Took dental assisting, worked as a dental assistant for the dental hygiene program. Um, just kind of doing instruments. Wait, wait, wait. But doesn't University of Iowa have a really good dental school and dental hygiene program? No dental hygiene, just just dental school. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So I couldn't stay there, and I had to get. I gave oh. back my scholarship. Yeah, parents were not super happy with you me. You had to I give think. back your scholarship. Yikes. Well, it's like I, I couldn't. You know, I yeah. mean, it wasn't transferable. Right. And so um, I, I went up to Waterloo, and uh, I went to Hawkeye. Um, went to Hawkeye for hygiene school. Practiced twelve years. Um, and then like, I just thought I was going to practice, do private practice for the rest of my life. I was happy. Like I, um, one day I got a call from, um, somebody with Colgate and they said, Oh, we got your name. Um, we were wondering if you'd like to be on our advisory committee. And I was like, um, I don't know if that's really my jam. I'm, you know, just a hygienist from Iowa. I don't know what I can tell you that you don't already know. And so I did that. And then I ended up being invited back for a second term on that. And that's when um, I started talking with Colgate and they're like, yeah, you need to get your bachelor's. You need to start writing. You need to, you know, you have some information that you can share with people. Um, and I had no idea. Like I was so young and I, you know, they took me to New York city. I ate at fancy places. Like I had huh. never really been out of Iowa other than, you know, my honeymoon. So, I mean, if you look at the bogey then compared to the bogey now, that was like night and day like what year was this in like how many oh, years ago was this this was probably 11 years ago 2009 hmm. um but yeah i just you know i was so happy in practice and I, my practice was very um it was very cutting edge it was a very 
very forward thinking practice in a very small town. And mm. so I was working, um, you know, we had 18 operatories and oh, the wow. town had like 4,000 people. We had wow. a patient base of like so 8,300. All, all of the people. Yeah. We had a patient Plus. base of like 8,300 in a town of like 4,000. Wow. So people were coming in from other towns. Right. right. It was it, yeah. a lot of rural draw, a lot of, I mean, even we had people drive from a couple hours away yeah. um, just because it was very innovative and it still was. I mean, I was there today. My son had his wisdom teeth out this morning at seven o'clock hmm. and um, I still go there because they still provide a very high level care, um, high level infection control, high level of expectations of, um, of uh, professionalism and professional development hindering education, all that. I mean, they're very, they're on their game. Um, I would probably still be there unless I, you know, I got a call from the college one day that they were looking for somebody. And um, I had gotten my master's after the whole deal with Colgate. And then I said, oh, maybe I do need a bachelor's. And then once I was getting my bachelor's, um, my professors were like, why don't you have a master's degree? Like, I was like, what well, was I don't that know. like? What was getting your master's like? If you could describe it, like what, what? It was like, easy. Was, was it like organized chaos or was it like, oh, you know, fine. I want to tell you a secret. And yes. I tell my students a secret all the time. So it's not really a secret. It's like, it's a secret. Everybody hears out of my mouth all the time. So it's not really a secret. Um, but the thing with getting any degree after hygiene school is nothing as hard as hygiene school. Nothing is as really? hard as hygiene school. Nothing. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. I tell my students this all the time. I said, you'll never believe me. When I walked out of this place, I had such um I still like for a long time I couldn't even walk into the college into the the building because I I don't know if it was like PTSD or what but I didn't there's so many uncontrolled variables with hygiene school and there's nothing like that when you get your bachelor's and you get your master's and I'm in my doctorate program so I have two more classes um I'm finishing up this spring um registered for my spring classes for my doctorate and then I'm all but dissertation so I have another year to do my dissertation. Do you know what you're gonna? What do you what What are you to write about? What do you what's my dissertation thesis? topic? Um, yeah. my dissertation topic is um the importance of of a bachelor's degree in dental hygiene when um an associate's level is all that is required for licensure. Whoa. I am obsessed with that, and I can't wait to read it cover to cover. So my deal is um everything that I've read, like everything I've combed through, fat stacks of literature. Um, uh, everything I've read says that um, there's a benefit, but it doesn't list what it is or like what's tangible. Um, yeah. I have read actually one research article that said there's no benefit that this girl did her thesis, her master's thesis, and found, but everyone she interviewed was clinical and had no mm-hmm. intention of leaving clinical. And so there's no one that's done research um, more like, oh, so I want to target an audience that's been out of, out of their bachelor's program for five years and what has come to them with hmm. their advanced degree. And so I have it all planned out and everything. I and just this have is to specifically a degree of dental hygiene. No, this is any bachelor's degree. Okay. I'm not saying uh, getting a bachelor's degree in dental hygiene. I'm saying getting a bachelor's degree when a ma- when uh, an associate's degree is all that's required for licensure in the United States. Yeah, so like in the and US in, and in I Canada mean, and in Canada too. Yeah. So like in the US a, a dental hygienist that has like a bachelor's degree in like accounting it's right. like it sounds silly but it's like your dental hygienist who has a bachelor's degree so you right. still can go into sales or mm-hmm. 
you can See, still my, kind of both of my escalate. degrees have no connection to hygiene both of my advanced degrees here here in canada there are very there are very few institutions that offer a bachelor's of dental hygiene and that's one of the things that the canadian dental hygiene association has really tried to push for is to have more programs um right so and so like the a, one a thing they're pushing course now so one of the things I really push for as a program director, so, you know, fast forward the rest of my life for people who are listening, they're like, we still don't know who this girl is. Um, <laughs> I left private practice and um, I have, uh, I am the dental administrative chair at a college with a dental assisting program and a hygiene program. And I'm the chair for both. And so I work at the college where I went to dental assisting school and where I went to dental hygiene school. And some of my faculty are the same faculty that taught me. I love and that. And so it's it's great because I know the ins and outs of the program. I went through it as a student. I can talk to parents. I can talk, you know, I, I just know the program inside and out. But one thing, you know, parents will even say, what is my, my child supposed to do while they wait on this waiting list? Volunteer. Get a job. Get experience. One of the biggest things I wanted to do when I started in my position is figure out if there was a way for the students to go somewhere for that year, do all the requirements that they could to get their bachelor's and then come back mm -hmm. and then take hygiene mm. school. That's they cool. wouldn't have to have a license because there's so many degree completion programs like, oh, you took right. all your hygiene courses, come over here for a year. But yeah. so I talked to a college in town into starting a program like that. And so they go to, they go to our school for a year for their prerequisites. They get accepted into hygiene and they're waiting. They go over there for a year, take all their wow. public health classes, all their bachelors um, for health sciences, and then they come back for two years, do hygiene school, and then they get, the day they graduate from hygiene school, the next day they get a bachelor's. Because hmm. they already have the course. That's amazing. Work. And it's all online. Really? All of it is online? That's, mm -hmm. that is absolutely incredible that you're doing that. What's the cost of that? What does that look like? Um, right now, there's a public health shortage in the state of Iowa, so 25% off the cost of tuition. If you're local, what if you're an international student? Like right around, I think for that one year, it's a private school and they focus on nursing, but I think it's around 18 or 19,000. It's not bad. So, but I mean, for one year, all online, get yeah. it all done. Um, I've had a few students finish the program and they say it's great, but the bottom line is nothing, nothing is as hard as hygiene school that I've done. Mm -hmm. And I have my bachelor's is in psychology with a focus in gerontology. My master's is in public administration with focus on policy writing. My, my doctorate will be education and, uh, and organizational leadership. It's hygiene school. I think takes so much out of you. And I've been trying to figure out ways to make it easier. But there's just no way you can make it easier and still have people successful in passing their boards. Yeah. And so you no. have to balance it. Right. You have You're not to, doing you have the, to make the public any right. service by producing someone who doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. I had a teacher. I had a teacher. I, I, you and I have a very similar kind of history in that sense. Mm -hmm. I, I teach at the same school that I graduated from. Um, and I had a teacher that once told me that I need to make this program 10% harder than your board exam. And, and then you'll be at potentially passing. And if I make it 20% harder, then, then you'll for sure pass. If I make it 30% harder, then you'll be the best dental mm -hmm. hygienist that could potentially ever be. So 
she was kind of cool. And I, and I think of that all the time. I think about like how I want to be as a teacher. Do I want to be the lax teacher in clinic? That's like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Like you missed lichen planus or you missed linea alba. You missed the tori. You didn't measure those macules or papules or whatever. Like you didn't write down the color. Like, I could be that teacher where everyone would love me because they get completes on their assessments. Or I could be the one that gives them an incomplete because they missed a skin tag. In well, a- and you're but do you know what? I, I, think, I think when you're so, that teacher though, you are the most memorable teacher because how many times? No. Because the moment, yes, you. they do. And they journal about that. They're like, I hate Miss Anaku. She sucks. Yeah. Mm. But Irene, they, but they remember that for forever. And I think that's the thing that like, you know, and I'm sure like we've all been in those situations because I was faculty for several years that I, I have students still to this day that are like, you taught me this, like I will forever remember this. And to get high marks from somebody who has a high level of standard of excellence, I think that is that's the benchmark. That's the bar that you want to push as a student. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with upholding that, that level of excellence, because to your point, Miss Bogey, um, we aren't just training people to pass their boards. We're training people to serve the community. And I think sometimes we forget that because we're just so too close to the tree to see the forest or whatever, you know, right, but right. there's more than that. And my thought is always, right. okay, so eventually someday I could walk into my hygiene appointment and one of these people could be working on me or my mm-hmm. child or, you know, your family right. or yep. my mother or, you know, like I don't want to let anyone, you know, grow, I always say grow up or I'm you know, raising these students, but I don't, I don't want them to go forward in a program where they don't feel like they're learning things and to learn things you have to be told you're wrong sometimes and it sucks but I mean I've you're a better person for it so my heart really hurts for uh the 2020 graduates so I have I have a dental receptionist who's in dental hygiene school so she works for me part-time when she doesn't have classes and lucky for her now a lot of the stuff is online and they record them and watch them later. It's kind of a weird, interesting little thing. Um, so she's going to graduate without ever using a Cavitron in someone's mouth. Because right now, most dental hygiene schools are open concept. And I don't know if it's the same thing in, in your state as it is here in Toronto, but yeah. I do, I do want to talk about that. So I want to tell you about what she said to me today. So it's kind of cool. I bring her into my operatory all the time. Like, I am, I incessantly take photos. So I had a cool SRP today. I did uh, quad one and four, seven days ago. So last, last week on Friday. And then I did the second quad two and three today. Um, so I take photos. I took pre photos. I took during photos. I took after photos. And then I took photos again today before I started scaling them after I finished. So I brought her in and I said, Naomi, come and take a peek. And you could clearly see like, such inflamed bulbous edematous tissue on one side and then like mm-hmm. what seven days can do mm-hmm. like it's miraculous what seven days can do to the other side of someone's mouth and you know at the end I kind of do a I use my profijet and I kind of profijet everything to make it all feel the same because that acquired pellicle has come back on the one side and then the other side is going to feel super clean or whatever people are going to feel like imbalanced so whatever I did that I brought her in she's like isn't it crazy that I've never been able to polish someone's teeth 
So she's going to graduate school in a few months and she's never physically done a polish. And she hasn't done, a, she doesn't use an ultrasonic or a Cavitron on anything other than a type it on. So my instinct was like, you can use it on me. I'm like, I'll, I, I'm a teacher. I can probably give you a standing order here as in my office. It's an educational facility. We could pretend. I can't even, I you can't can, even. You can, you can use it on me. I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but, but how, how do we feel about, and I, I, I teach in clinic and I see this, that we're like declining treatment to DD4. I have to be very careful what I say right now, but I'm going to say what I think because I think that's a bunch of crap. I'm sorry, but it is. I think that, well, and I have to be careful because you're, you're in Canada, but here in the States, the commission has it said, hurts my heart. You know, we no, can but have adjustments in education based on need, based on our state requirements. I was the first school in our state to say, we are going back to clinic. As soon as Iowa Dental Board says it's safe, we have the PPE. We had N95s, we had level three masks for over masks. We went back right. to work because mm -hmm. I can't imagine a life where you go home into practice and you've never worked on a physical human. And I am going to have a lot of educators mad at me for saying that out loud, but I'm sorry. It's the way I feel. No, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. No, I'm saying it out loud too. I mean, I'm saying it out loud too. I can't like... Okay, so right now, for instance, right. my students are using Cavitrons on their mannequins, but they're using the Cavitron, and I'm hoping yeah. by January we're in a situation where I can allow them to use it on patients, or maybe February. But I am very leery to let them right. graduate never having right. a Cavitron in someone's mouth. To me, it's like, is the, the COVID risk, knowing no. the precautions that we have in place, higher than the risk of allowing these 20 people out into the world that have never physically put a Cavitron tip mm -hmm. subgingible. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, mm -hmm. heck to the no, it's not. And well, you can argue with me till I'm, no, till you're, I'm you're, you're yeah. lucky that, no, you're, you, I, you're agree. I agree with you. You're, you're lucky that this is only your first class because the school that I teach at has already graduated a semester. So they graduated a semester while we were already in lockdown and they graduated a semester that was in semester three, moving into semester four, and they graduated them with less points because they were allowed by the accreditation board to. Well, I got a, I got a letter this week from CODA that said, you know, because we had to have our, our um, interruption of education plans in. And we sent those all in right. and then you either got it approved or you didn't. If you didn't get it approved, you had to make well, ours was approved, but we were fortunate enough to be in a state where we can see patients live. And that's the kicker. Some of these, these states are trying to continue education in an environment where they're not being allowed to see patients. And that, I don't know what I would well, have done at the state of Iowa. Wait, not even seeing patients at all, like not even non-aerosol right. generating and procedures? So, Right. Whoa. And so now I think all the states are back to seeing patients. Um, we're in a state where they're letting us see patients and we've been able to see patients since early June. And so as soon as they told us you could see patients, I, I had already talked to the dean and I was like, we need to have a COVID term. I don't feel comfortable graduating my May graduate until they have full competency. And we're also a whole school for the board. Mm -hmm. And so right. I said, we're, we'll be um, happy to host the boards in July if the commission, if um, credits will come and, and 
be at our school and you know make that all happen for us and they did but i just don't think it's fair to the the public or these students to send them out into a situation where they've never had a tip subgingival mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not right. okay i'm sorry but it's not I mean, it's, it's hard enough. It's hard enough when you graduate and, you know, we learn so much more after we graduate than we do in clinic because you're so concerned about passing. Like it's not about acquiring knowledge and adapting knowledge and using your critical thinking. It's just, I must pass this portion of my life mm -hmm. to move on to the next portion of my life. So it's, it's hard enough when you graduate after having all of the resources available to you, including your full clinical requirements and assessments. So then you're like thrown out into the world looking for a job interview. And that's another thing is like students are not physically going into classes right now. So they're not able to speak to one another. The ours are because we had the choice. We could have them go. Um, our didactic courses are online. But our labs and our clinics are live in person and we have full PPE in place to support that. Um, the right. colleges that I think are struggling with that are the colleges that are requiring their students to supply their own PPE, which is another discussion that I like to have that really I there's lots of colleges Wait, in the state like bring your own N95 there's a lot of colleges in the state that require their students to supply all their own PPE. How the, how the heck are kids kids? I call them kids. That's, I feel like they're that's my not kids just during COVID. That's always in some schools. And I don't believe in that. And you know, that's a whole nother discussion about the, the yeah. structure and tuition yeah. and lab fees and all that. Yes. But I'm a firm believer that that if you want consistency in education, yep. you have to buy their PPE. And that's why I I am a firm believer in that. But we our students are on campus, labs are live, clinics are live. The students are upset when we have to put things on on um online because that's not what they planned for that's not what they paid their tuition and i'm 100 percent right. on board with that if i would have had to take high yeah. school online i've been screwed it's hard so so i start school in january on january 14th i i was accepted into the restorative dental hygiene program here oh, cool. in toronto and i have no idea if i'm going to be able to treat a patient or not it's been like this hush hush type of no one's really talking about it. We had like our orientation today of like that I now need to get a flu shot. It's not optional, but it's recommended and like all of these different things. But and I need to be fit for an N95. But who's giving me the N95? Like, am I bringing my own? It's not part of my packet. Um, and I don't know if I'll be treating a patient. So forget about like hygiene scaling. Now I'm required to do restorative treatments on a prepped tooth but i don't know if i'll be able to do it on and, and i'm curious like i i contemplated retracting my admission because of the uncertainty behind it but now it's like <laughs> it's like a social experiment for me to figure it's a out social experiment, yeah it's like experiment mm -hmm. for everyone irene so it's i'm gonna teachers, i'm gonna vlog the, the, the whole thing so i'm gonna i on my YouTube channel, I'm going to vlog the entire thing of like from the beginning to the end of how potentially I can now graduate to be a restorative dental hygiene student, mm -hmm. pay $20,000 for my tuition, um, and have never placed a filling in a real live human's mouth. And that's the thing with, with the commission in the United States is um, they are, I'm going to say they have been great 
and supporting us mm -hmm. that want to move forward. But at the same time, I wish they could give us more clarity, but I think that they're so bound by the fact that everybody does yes. everything so differently that they can't make mandates. They can say, these are our standards, meet our standards. But I just like, I, I, I talk to other educators about this kind of stuff all the time. And we're all just kind of scratch our heads, doing the best we can moving forward. And there's some schools that have said, we're not going to accept a class until this, mm -hmm. this COVID madness is over. And I also don't think that's the way to go because then you bottleneck the whole, the whole um, line of, of workers. You, you yeah. stop the, the line yeah. of healthcare workers that are graduating. And that creates an even Absolutely. bigger problem. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think ultimately the, this so, is what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that now dental hygiene education is expected to have some resiliency. And what you've done is you've led the charge as so many other program directors have in reimagining what dental hygiene education looks like. Have there been pieces of what we've learned in hygiene school that could be optimized online? Absolutely. But we treat human beings at the end of the day and we have to be able to have that interaction. We have to know, we all know the very first time that we try to take an x-ray on not Dexter, but a real patient that has a tongue and a cheek and you can't just like shove the tongue down the back. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, you know, saliva <laughs> gets in the way. I mean, all these yeah. things are like, you have to be able to have those interactions. And so my, I raise my white claw can to you and all educators out there who are <laughs> um, having to lead the charge and create influence and support these hygiene students who are stepping into the most difficult chunk of years of their life, to your point, um, because dental hygiene school is difficult. And what you're doing mm -hmm. is you're, you're maintaining the sense of leadership and inspiration. And so I, I, my hat's off to you on that, truly. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what does like a typical week in the life of Emily Bogey look like? I mean, because you're doing so many other things. So like, what does that look like? What, what do you, I know, I know one bogey secret. Can I tell them the look bogey her face. secret? Her face is nervous. Can I tell She's them the like, bogey secret that you, I'm trying to figure out what, you which told, secret. You, you told, you told me this once. Oh, um, oh, I think I know what you're going to Years say. ago, years ago. And then I've now done this. Okay. So number one, when people want to talk to me on the phone, when they're like, I just want to like pick the quote unquote, pick your brain or ask you a question. I only do it on my drive. So I do it on my drive to work or I do it on my drive home mm -hmm. from work. So it's like the most inconvenient dime time for someone. But if they really want to pick my mm -hmm. brain, they will call me at 7.30 in the morning or at 9.30 at night to ask me whatever questions they want. So that's one thing that I do. And the second thing that I now do because you did it is I dictate articles to myself while I'm driving. And then it's like voice to text. I then have to like figure out what the heck? Yeah, I'm once in a while, it, it gives you some really interesting dental interpretations of what you're trying to like yeah. real world interpretations so, of what you're trying to say dentally. Food for mm -hmm. thought, peeps. Food for thought. Emily kind of skipped over her entire like life and career in the last hour, but you know, every single stage of your life has posed some challenges, mm -hmm. and it's posed you know, questions that you've had to ask yourself, which, how you choose to represent yourself, how you choose to allow people to view you, 
Um, and it's not always as easy as, oh, well, you know, I did a master's and now I'm doing a PhD. There's a lot of like meat and potatoes between uh -huh. those layers. And it's a lot, like you were saying, the average week. I, I don't really think there is an average week because I had a faculty member who's been on medical leave for an extended amount of time. And um, I had, I've had to teach a lot this semester, like a lot, a lot. And uh, some of the classes, yeah. it's been a long time since I looked at that but material. Don't you hate when that happens? You're like, I don't remember that syllabus at all. What? What classes? Okay, what What do you teach? Quick, quick, quick time. The theory. What do you teach theory? Every year I teach oral histology and embryology. That's my jam. Like, I, I hope they never love. I love histology and embryology. Do you talk about this, the, the <laughs> sorority girl odontoblast? And they live in the pulp. Like, they live in the pulp with their tails go through the odontoblast. Like, oh my that, the, <laughs> the tails go I through the dentin, through the dental tubules. But their bodies stay in the pulp because the pulp is a sorority house. And they line up oh all night, all on the pulp. And they're so sensitive. Oh, my God, they're sensitive. So if, like, the end of the den gets exposed in the mouth. The odontoplastic processes tail, start to go back and forth, and it creates a fluid change. And it's a hydrodynamic right? theory. And that's theory. what they call it. But it's just, oh, my God, we're so sensitive. Oh, my God. Oh my God. This, is like, this is like dental virgin version of... Um, Legally blonde. This is like the dental hygiene mm -hmm. version of legally blonde. Oh no, blonde I have right a lot here. of I have a lot of histology analogies that um are are completely off the wall, but students never forget it, man. Oh, forget it. So the bud cat bell stage. Bug bud cat bell. You open up your bud, you put on your cap, and you ring the bell. It's time for the game, right? Okay, uh, but do you pack the sack in the cap stage? Oh yeah. Okay, I want to oh, make yeah. sure that that's what you do. Okay, good. Because I love me some histology. Well, so usually I only get to teach that in the fall, but this semester I, I had radiology lab. Um, I had oh. seminar three. I had clinic three. Um, you know, I had uh, a specialty instruments and like the advanced instrumentation section. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was a wild ride, but we got, you know, what, next week's finals week we got through, but that's the stuff like people don't talk about is the the dark side of being a program director. I know a lot of program directors that decided to uh, jump ship this semester mm -hmm. with all the stress. Mm -hmm. There's a I'm lot sure. of jobs yeah. open in education. So if anybody does have a passion for education, man, now is the time to jump mm -hmm. on it. But yeah, it, it's a crazy wild ride. But, you know, a lot of times we only focus on the good. But there's a lot of a lot of moving parts to, to life. Well, the world is a lucky place to yes. have you, Bogue. Oh, and our profession is very lucky to have Dental you. Dental hygiene is lucky to yes. have you. Yeah. I try to. When I grow up, I want to be just oh like Emily. Like, OMG. I, I do I too. Never grow I, up. Don't, I don't yeah. want to grow up. No, she's not grown up. I don't, Come on. I don't think we'll ever will. We'll be like, we'll be like Esther Wilkins on her 100th birthday. But Esther like, would drink some three. Sam Adams and party down some dancing. I had danced Love with that. her before. I think how many years from now would that be? I don't know, like 60 years from well, now. I just turned 40, so she made it to 100. So that would be 60. I'm not good at math, but yeah. I know that. So six, 60 years from now, the three of us will be like celebrating someone's 100th birthday. <laughs> and we'll be like, remember that time we did that podcast? What, what was the name of the podcast, Katrina? You and I were on it. I can't, we won't, we won't even remember. remember. It, but, yeah. yeah, no. All right. Okay, well. 
Emily, this is this is it. This is the end of the part one of our multiple series of podcast episodes. I feel like we need we, we need, need a, like a day. Yeah, in the we life need. I want a day in the life, and I also want to know all. Of I just your want to follow you around the clipboard. All you got to do is come over wanna, to Iowa. I'll take you around. I want to follow. I want to follow. I'm flying to Iowa, and I'm like, going to hang out. I'm going to 48 hours. I'm going to, I'm going to meet a hog. I'm just going to like, I'm going to meet a pig. I'm going to ride in your tractor. <laughs> you can drive the convertible dump truck. My I'm going to drive the convertible truck into truck. a convertible. And it was something else. I had a friend, I'm I had in. a friend here from uh, Georgia and she's a hygienist and she was driving the, she was riding around the convertible dump truck with my son. It's not Renee Graham, is it? It was. She was living her best life. Oh! <laughs> she was driving around in the convertible dump truck. She, she, she drove the combine. She, she had, she had wine with my mom. She, yeah, it was, it was, she was living her best life here in Iowa. All right. Well, we, we have, we, we've got to, we've got to go to Iowa. We, we, we should will. do a live podcast episode from a barn. Totally. Hey, I got one right outside. Cool. You can terrific. Have done. Okay. I've had it. Emily, we we are called the Tooth or Dare podcast for a reason. Oh Lord, here I don't we go. know if you know this. Do you know this? Yes, I do. You know why? Yes. Um, so Katrina and I will do a visually and virtually impaired version of rock paper scissors, um, and then the loser goes up against you. You can decide whether you choose to accept a tooth or a dare, or dish out a tooth or a dare to the loser. So while you think about what you want to do, girl. Okay. You're not going to get ready. Uh, you're going to have to count us in in a second. And in the meantime, the rest of you peeps need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. Emily, where can people find you if they would like to find um, you? They can find me at Emily Bogie on Instagram. Um, and I'm Facebook, Emily Bogey. I'm just Emily Bogey everywhere. I have you just like, just Google, just Google she's like her. Madonna, then, Emily Bogey. That's she's it. like everywhere. Yeah. B-O-G-E just is how you spell my last name. B as in boy. I feel like I need a t-shirt that just says your last name. B-O-G-E. B-O-G-E yeah. Nice. Nice. We need like a little tooth life shirt that just says Bogey. Yeah, I think so. I'm in. All right. You ready, girl? Emily, count us in. So is it one, two, three, shoot? Or is it one, two, it's like rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, okay. Oh, do it again. A little faster I'm this sorry. time. Go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. How can I read? We do this God, all the time. Four okay. times. Rock, Stop. paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, paper covers rock. She beat me. She beat me. I'm. I am Zalusa again. Okay, so again. I'm gonna. Emily, it's. A, I'm gonna have. Are you accepting or dish? I'm accepting the tooth or dare against Katrina. Would that be? Wait, no, 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 she's gonna do it. Okay. No, she's gonna do it against me. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what you going won. on. I don't know the rule. It's the loser, not the winner. Do you want a tooth or a dare, or are you accepting or dishing out a tooth or a dare? I'm accepting. You're accepting a dare. Or a tooth. Uh, what, if I accept a tooth, what is it? A question? It's a question that you have to answer right now. If it's a dare, it goes up on social now, media within live. seven days. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll do the dare. Heck on it. Yes. Okay. Can I? <laughs> so she said me. So can I pick the dare? Why is it you though? I'm lost. I because I have a good dare. Uh, okay, fine. All right, Katrina, go. fine. Go let's, for it. Let's do, do it. it. Go. Okay. All right, Katrina, go for it. You have to. We'll change the rules because it's Emily Bogey <laughs> in the house. <laughs> Emily Bogey does whatever she wants. Okay. Emily Bogey gets to pick whatever <laughs> dare she wants. 
dish by whomever the hell she wants. <laughs> if we need to get Jerry Seinfeld on the podcast oh to give her a dare, we must do We're that. Do it. So this is your dare. Are you ready? Okay. I want to hear you play a when the saints go marching in on, on a tuba. I have to, to find a tuba. I don't own one, you know, because when you play the tuba, you always play the school. Do you have a trombone? I I can play the trombone. I don't own one. But I could, Do you have any instrument in your house? Where you can Probably play a- access one. Okay, terrific. I would like to see a video of you playing a When the Saints Go Marching In. Do you know that song? Um, I can, I, I can find the music. I mean, that's what I want to hear. Do, 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 do. Okay. And I think it's going to be amazing. I want to, I want to hear like, I want to hear this with like vibrato and everything, you know, like, I need a video of this. I need, this is going to be like my opener for whatever my next lecture will be. Oh my God. Let's do that. Let's put put, put this to our next opener. Yeah. I am not, I'm not one to turn on a dare. So I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Yay. Bravo. All right, peeps. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Thank you, Emily, for being with us and sharing all of your wise words and wisdom with those that are listening. Um, so tune into our Instagram at toothordare.podcast to watch this dare go down within the next seven days. Madam Emily so Boogie will be playing some form of instrument to the Saints Go Marching. to find a one-man band. It's- so good. You are a one-man band. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, peace out, peeps. Cheers. And we're back from the flippity flip. I'm back from the flippity flip, as Katrina would say. I can't even pronounce it like her. Let me see. Let's see who does it better. Me or Katrina. Own the flippity flip. No, it's not the same. It's not the same, guys. Um... That was a great episode. I'm not going to do too much at the end of this. We're going to leave it as it is, but I do want to do one thing. We used to do a dedication, dedication of the episode to an avid listener or a fan. And uh, we stopped doing that. I don't know why we stopped doing that. We should start doing that again. Um, So I'm going to do a dedication, but I'm going to dedicate a song to my friend Katrina. Um, Another podcast that I listen to called the Working Interferences Podcast does a thing at the end of their podcast where they uh, uh, they pick a song and they play it on the air and it's you know they go back and forth between the the two co-hosts. So I'm gonna pick a song and I'm gonna dedicate it to my bestie Katrina, who uh, is going through some rough times and um, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. And if I could take away your pain, I would. And if I could fix you, I would. Um, but I can't, and, and I'm sorry that I can't, um, but I'm here. We're all here. We're all here for you if you need anything. I'm sure you ask anyone, and they, they will jump to give you whatever you need. Um, so I'm going to dedicate the song Fix You by Coldplay. That was uh, written by <clears throat> by Coldplay for Gwyneth Paltrow, his wife at the time, and um, just after she lost her dad. So here's a song for you, Katrina, if you're listening. I hope you are. So, uh, until next time, peace out, peeps. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Stuck in rivers.
tears come streaming down your face when you lose something you can't replace when you love someone but it goes to waste could it
Thanks for giving us that amazing performance you did. Goodbye and good night.